We didn't invent great sound. We perfected it. We are controlling transmission. WLTK DB. Let's talk. Alternative Talk Radio. WLTKDB.com. Views and opinions expressed are those of the host and guests. Any content provided by our host or guest are of their opinion and do not intend to harm any religions, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything. Thank you for listening. Enjoy the show. seek answers to the questions that have crossed all of our minds. What happens to us when we die? Is there an afterlife? I'm a regular guy who discovered the gift of psychic mediumship in my 30s. My passion for history and the unknown have put me right here, right now. My mantra for anything paranormal is, we don't know much and anything is possible. Join me as we find our way through the stories, evidence, and experiences of the paranormal and beyond in search of answers, even if that leads to more questions. Are you with me? Your host, Pete Orbea with the Paranormal Pete Show, coming back after a Christmas break. And it's uh, Tuesday the 29th. Holy smokes, we're almost to the end of the year. And what a hell of a year it has been, hasn't it? And I think we're all looking forward to the new year. So I want to wish everybody a happy new year uh, celebration here in a couple days. And I hope it's a safe one. And I know myself, I'm really looking forward to 2021. But Still realizing, you know, we got to hang on a little bit longer before things get a little more normal. That's why I love the paranormal, though, I guess. And uh, so welcome to Let's Talk Radio and the Paranormal Pete Show. Uh, Jump on the station chat and uh, you can communicate with me through the station chat at WLTKDB.com. And so hop on there if you've got a question, um, and then we'll be able to answer it. I'm also streaming on my Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Paranormal Pete Show. So and I'm, I have, uh, hey, Linda, I have uh, that up as well, so I can try and catch comments and questions through the Facebook live feed as well. But it's easiest to go through the station chat at WLTKDB.com, and it's Let's Talk Radio. So once again, I'm your host, Pete Orbea, and welcome. Tonight, I have a very special guest, and well, really, all my guests are very special, Um, but this one I'm really looking forward to, uh, especially with it being the holidays, and you you start thinking about family members and furry family members that are no longer with us, and uh, what better way to dive into that with um, pet loss animal communicator, Karen Anderson. So uh, super stoked. She's going to be coming in after the first break, 20 after the hour. And we've got a lot of stuff to talk about with her. Uh, she's always has a lot going on and her story is just so cool. Um, so I'm really looking forward to bringing that to you guys. If you haven't, um, seen Karen speak or attended a workshop of hers or had a reading from her. So, 
it's it's gonna be really special and um you know we all have a special love for our furry family members and she has helped hundreds of people uh with pet loss and so it's pretty amazing um and i've got a great lineup of shows coming up for january um to you know makes me even more excited about the new year and so coming up in january i've got uh guests like uh, ben robison he's going to be on january 5th and he is uh his group is called the autonomous studies of the enigmatic and paranormal and or better known as asap and so i got ben coming on he's an awesome investigator researcher he's really tech savvy um really knows equipment and stuff like that so he's got a great approach to investigating so i'm looking forward to speaking with him and then on the 12th uh second episode in january we've got uh, my good friend and mentor william becker uh paranormal insights and uh it's always a fun time talking with william and uh, we'll have a lot to talk about there. And um, and then uh, the next show after that, I've got, I'm super excited. I have Rick Hale, who is an author and paranormal researcher and investigator. And he's uh, part of the Shadow Initiative, which is a new uh, paranormal show that you can watch. Um, look it up. It's the Shadow Initiative. And he's also got SpookyIsles.com. Um, and I've been wanting to meet Rick for a long time and trying to get him out to the Port Gamble ghost conference. Uh, and someday we'll get him out here for that, but I'm super stoked to have him on the show on the 19th. And then on the 26th, um, the last show of the month, I have another good friend and, uh, someone I consider a mentor as well in the paranormal field, Mr. Michael White, uh, with paranormal research and investigations in Washington. And he's just, uh, uh, I've learned so much from him about investigating critical thinking and all that kind of stuff. So we've got a great lineup of shows coming up in January. So I'm super stoked about that. Um, again, I want to wish everybody a happy new year and I hope that, um, and I have to do this myself um, still, <laughs> I guess I'm procrastinating, but I hope that everyone can stop at, at least before the new year and, really take a look at, you know, hey, did did I learn anything this year? Did I learn about myself? I think with all the pandemonium and stuff going on this year, um, you know, I I was, you know, worked from home a lot uh, the majority of the time and got to spend some really good time with uh, my kids and my wife. And, and uh, I think a lot of other people did too. And I know circumstances have been pretty strenuous on everybody, but I'm hoping everybody can find something that they learned um, during this year about yourself. Um, You know, did you take any time to do any introspection? And that's always something good to do. Um, No matter what point in life or how great of a year it's, it's been or not, it's always good to do a little reflection. And so I hope everybody out there can at least um, take a few minutes and, you know, Hey, did you learn something? You know, is it good or bad? (laughs) If it's good, great. If it's bad, good. You still, it's something, you know, you can work on. Maybe that's your new year's resolution. Um, which I don't really set new year's resolutions anymore. Um, I just kind of go with the flow because that's the kind of person I am. But if you'd like to set new year's resolutions, maybe something from your self-reflection would be a great new year's resolution for you. So just don't forget that. I always end every show with a toast about 
you know, living in the present, being in the present. And, you know, it, it's something that I think everybody should practice more and more. So, um, yeah, everybody just take a few minutes, you know, before the end of the year. Maybe it's right before midnight, whatever, but I uh, hope y'all can look inside and, and uh, a trick to looking outward is to look inward first. So, um, but let's get on with the show here. Now we've done a little housekeeping. Um, so Karen Anderson, my guest tonight is, you know, she, she deals primarily with pet loss and pet communication. And so I thought it'd be really cool to talk about a couple of stories that involve pets and the afterlife. And I'll share one um, that I found that I thought was really cool. And then I'll share one of my own uh, from a personal experience that I had. But the first one I want to, first story I want to talk about with uh, spirits of pets, uh, spirits of animals. Now it's kind of a mixed bag on my ghost walk tours. I, at one point I always ask people, you know, I show a hands how many people feel like your pets can come back after they've passed away or do your pets hang around you? And it's, it's kind of a mixed bag. You know, it's, I'd say probably half the people typically will raise their hand that they, a little less than half to half that, that will say, yeah, I believe that um, pets can come back in the afterlife. And, you know, if you kind of look at the thinking behind human spirits, well, why couldn't there be um, animal spirits as well that come back in very much the same way as a human spirit would? And so it's it's kind of interesting to see how many people really kind of put stock in it and, and uh, believe in it. But the first story I want to bring to you tonight is out of Gettysburg, good old haunted Gettysburg. And uh, forgive me if I butcher any names for any listeners out there who know how to pronounce these names. I'll do my best. Um, and again, if you want to contribute and add to the story, or maybe you've got a question, jump on the station chat at WLTKDB.com. And again, I'm trying to monitor the Facebook live uh, stream as well for any comments there. So this story comes out of Gettysburg. And we all know Gettysburg is one of the most haunted places uh, in America, thanks to the Civil War and the battle there. So um, during that time, this, there's this place called the Hummelbaugh House that stood as a Union Field Hospital and is known for being the place where uh, Confederate Brigadier General uh, William Barksdale died after becoming wounded in the battle. So the legend has it that after his burial in Gettysburg, his wife traveled to the town with his most loyal hunting hound, to exhume his remains and have them brought back uh, to their home in Mississippi. However, upon arriving at his burial site, Barksdale's hound flopped down on his grave and began howling and crying. Barksdale's wife attempted to move the dog, but no matter what she did or what she said, the dog would not budge. All through the night, the hound sat by the grave and howled, and even after the remains were exhumed, the dog stayed. Even after they took his body, uh, the dog stayed there. So Barksdale's wife, ultimately, she chose to leave uh, without her husband's loyal companion. And then days following, the locals say no one could get the dog to move, eat, or even drink. And eventually, the poor hound dog passed away next to its master's grave. And to this day, visitors to that house say they can still hear howling coming from the cemetery late at night. 
especially on the anniversary of Barksdale's death. If you're ever in Gettysburg, don't miss that opportunity, right? <laughs> when I go there, I want to hear that hound. But it, amazing story. Um, the loyalty and devotion of Barksdale's dog, um, you know, his loyal companion. And it, it's pretty amazing. He wouldn't even move even after the body wasn't was taken from the site. So but the fact that people have heard howling, I mean, it is outdoors. And, um, you know, from a skeptical standpoint, you could say, well, it's outdoors. Um, but I find it interesting that on the anniversary of the guy's death, especially that's when visitors to that house are hearing it, um, this howl. So, you know, man's best friend for sure. Um, and I've got a, a story, uh, personal experience as well. And this one also involves a dog. Um, for all you cat people out there, I love cats too. Um, <laughs> but this story is uh, about a dog. And I'm still trying to kind of figure it out. Um, it, it's, it's interesting at the least. So one of the houses I lived in here in Port Gamble uh, a number of years ago, eight years ago or so, beautiful house built in 1900. Um, and it was barged over to Port Gamble in 1929. And the first people to live there in 1929 were doctors at a new hospital that had opened up in Port Gamble. And a beautiful house, I call it the White House because it kind of, it looks like the White House. Um, and in this place, so I have a dog, his name's Dino. Um, and he just turned 13, he's an old boy. Uh, but when we lived there, he was quite a bit younger. and. So, you know, upstairs in this place, you know, well, I, I was like to ask people too, how, how many people out there, you feel like, you know, the creaks and squeaks in your house, right? You know, if you hear a creak, you're like, okay, that's the bathroom door or, oh, that's somebody in the kitchen or you kind of get to know the, the creaks and squeaks in your house. And this place was no exception. I mean, I like to joke that a ninja couldn't sneak up on you in this place because <laughs> it creaked everywhere. Um, but uh, so Dino, he would pace back and forth outside in this hallway outside of our bedroom. And he would kind of go back and forth. Uh, and it was right at the top of the stairs. And um, and then, you know, I'd usually kind of, you know, eventually get up. And then that was him letting me know he needed to go out and do his business. And one particular morning, I hear him pacing up and down the hallway, and it was super early. And I kept telling him, go lay down. Go, Dino, go lay down. Go lay down. And I just kept hearing the squeaking and creaking of the floor. And so I ultimately rolled over, looked down the hallway, and I see these four legs, you know, there's light-colored carpet, dark wood uh, cabinets and stuff. So I could see these like four dark legs turn at the end of the hallway. Like he's looking at me and I swear it's my dog. So I keep saying, you know, go lay down. I'm not getting up. And finally I got, you know, a little, little TO'd <laughs> that he wasn't listening to me. And I kind of stormed down the hallway. And when I got there, there was no dog there. And Dino was in another room snoring away just cutting cutting logs uh, so it wasn't him i i it's a personal experience so i don't have any of this recorded but i know i saw a dog 
And another quick thing in that house is uh, occasionally Dino would be on the landing on the stairs. There's a big, beautiful staircase and he'd be on the landing, like growling and snapping at something hackles up showing his teeth. And it was a little unsettling when he would do that because Dino is like the nicest dog ever. He just, you know, pet me, pet me, pet me. He's like that kind of dog. And we, you know, you couldn't see what he was growling or snarling at, but you had to kind of go and get him off of the stair landing. And I, I never knew why it always kind of, you know, freaked me out a little bit because again, he's like the nicest dog. Now when other dogs come around, you know, he's going to act like a tough guy, even though he's not. Um, so I just couldn't figure it out. But I later found out that the doctors who moved into that house in 1929, when it was uh, put in Port Gamble, they had a St. Bernard dog. And from what I understand uh, from uh, firsthand stories was that he was very well loved dog and he would go down every morning to the general store building and the butcher would give him a bone and then he would come back and um, hang out in the front yard or the other place you would find him all the time is on that stair landing. So once I learned about that from a firsthand story, um, I kind of started, it made me think, well, geez, I wonder, you know, Dino's never acted weird towards any person, which I don't know if that's a good or bad thing, but, um, you know, he's just a, a goofy labadope. He's a black lab mix. And so it, I, I don't know what to think about it other than that one morning. I know I heard heard something walking up and down the hallway outside my room. When I looked down the hallway, there was there was a dog standing there. And the fact that he would growl and stuff at something on the stairs just kind of made me think that, you know, hey, I'm, you know, not 100% sure, but I'm kind of leaning more towards there might be the spirit of a dog in this house. And, you know, we never heard any barking or uh, howling, you know, like the Gettysburg howl. We never had any of that, but certainly, you know, maybe there's something to it there. How many, how many people out there, you know, we're, we're going to go to break here in just a second. How many people out there feel like you've had an experience with a pet uh, who's passed and come back? And we'll kind of dive more into that once we come back. We're going to take our first station break at uh, 19 past the hour. We'll be back with Miss Karen Anderson. We'll see you on the flip side. WLTK DB Let's Talk Maggie Reiki is a full-service Reiki therapy center offering both in-person and distance Reiki sessions. Reiki is a gentle healing energy that can assist in clearing, repairing, and maintaining energy that is vital for optimal health. Reiki can also assist with anxiety, depression, and even addiction. You can schedule a Reiki session by visiting our website, www.mackeyreiki.com. That's www.m-a-c-k-e-y-r-e-i-k-i.com. Patreon is a place for creators. 
We're one of them. Visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash WLTKDB. Check out all the unique support tiers we offer. You can get early release episodes, station mugs and t-shirts, free station service work, and much more. Help the station reach its $1,000 per month goal to make our station totally ad-free. Patreon.com slash WLTKDB. We appreciate your support. Well, they Show. I'm your host, Peter Orbea. We're on Let's Talk Radio at WLTKDB.com. Again, if you want to uh, ask questions, go and jump on the station chat. Um, we're also streaming live to my Facebook page, so um, I'll try and catch comments on there as well. But I'd like to bring in my very special guest this evening, uh, Karen Anderson. Welcome to the show. Hey, Pete. Thanks so much for having me. I've been so looking forward to this. Me too. And uh, thank you so much for being on. Uh, I feel like, you know, you're like a celebrity, you know. <laughs> Glad to have you on. <laughs> I don't know about that. You're the celebrity. <laughs> yes, yeah, so much. Yeah. Um, well, hey, I want to thank you so much for being here. And, and I've got a... Um, there's a lot of different things I, I know we can talk about. And you know, tell us a little bit about what is it that you do? Um, you know, I, I know you as a animal communicator, um, pet loss consultant, you know, what, what do you, what do you, what's your favorite thing to do? What do you do? Well, I started out just uh, communicating with the animals because I loved them and I had so many of them. So I thought, well, wouldn't it be great if I understood them on a higher, more spiritual level? And imagine the behavior problems I could solve and the litter box <laughs> issues I wouldn't have if, <laughs> if I could understand them. And it all morphed from there. So uh, what started happening was I began conducting private consultations many, many, many years ago. And just the most incredible and amazing messages started coming through. Uh, mind-blowing and so I decided to document my journey and and document those stories so I wrote two books about it and now I kind of focus on coaching and helping others learn how to do what I do because we need more animal communicators in the world (laughs) this will be a better place so that's really how it all kind of happened so do you feel like, um, do you feel like anybody can do this? Everyone except my dad. Forget <laughs> it. He's not going for it, huh? <laughs> no. no, he still doesn't even, uh, he can't quite get what I do. He thinks I uh, psychoanalyze animals or something. <laughs> so, it's more like, more like you're psychoanalyzing the people through the right. animal. <laughs> right. Right. So yeah, everyone except my dad can learn how to do this. Wow. <laughs> Love you, dad. But yeah. <laughs> That's um, funny. <laughs> well, I think it's interesting then. So, cause I kind of feel like um, with, you know, psychic abilities that everybody has some sort of psychic ability. So you feel like it's kind of the same with animals. I mean, does it kind of translate where, 
people, animals, does it matter, you know, does it matter which one for you? Or do you find that people who are mediums, it's easier for them to, you know, to start with animal communication after they've done some practice with reading human spirits? I, you know, it's such a personal journey. Like I started out never intending to communicate with departed humans. That was not even on my to-do list. Mm-hmm. And then they just kept coming in, you know, they just kept butting into my sessions. And then I have uh, medium friends who never intended to communicate with animals and the animals started butting in. <laughs> so <laughs> I think everyone just wants to be heard. And I sure. think we all have a little bit of the ability in us. It's just wherever we put our focus, it, I think that's where it all really starts. That's where the magic starts to happen is, Right. You know, what's what's your goal as a medium, as a psychic? You know, what is your passion? My passion was the animal, so that's where I put most of my focus. But I think it's very, very much so that if if you can connect with departed human spirits, you can also connect with animal energy. It's just a different vibration. Okay. For me, anyway, it's a different level of vibration to connect. Yeah. It it sounds like, you know, it kind of speaks to just an overall um, higher spiritual plane that whether you're animal, man or woman, you can, you have the same sort of abilities on that spiritual plane. And I I find that super interesting. Um, Now is, I wanted to ask how many animals, how many pets do you have today? (laughs) Michael White's listening, so uh, let's see. Um, how many do I have here? Well, more than three cats. Okay. And three dogs. Okay. Two horses. And I think seven hens. Nice. That's a so, nice little. That's a nice little group. <laughs> but you can see I have a farm, so yeah. Lots of room. This is actually down the road. This is where I take my walks when it's not snowing and icy cold out. <laughs> I was so. going to say, are you are you snowed in? Yeah, it's it's not a lot of snow, but it's really cold out. Yeah, and it gets it packed down. And uh, so you're out in eastern Washington. I'm out in western Washington, and it's just squishy out. <laughs> yeah. No snow, just squishy. <laughs> yeah. It was it was really icy today, and uh, I did a little um, ice skating on my way into uh, an appointment I had, and I literally felt my car just sliding down the road. It was awful. I don't like that. Uh, yeah, no, that's not a good feeling to have. Um, so I, let me ask about your horses. <clears throat> um, I had horses growing up. Yeah. You know, my mom had horses. And so I grew up around them. I grew up in, uh, my mom was a vet tech. So I spent a lot of time in animal hospitals growing up and I've always just felt this like extra connection with horses, um, especially in the eye, you know, when you look them in the eye, do you find that, I mean, do you use your horses as kind of like a, um, you know, a way to kind of focus yourself or center yourself, or is there a certain, are any of your pets like your kind of go-to when you need to 
center and, and, you know, get ready for a reading or, you know, as a horse, do you find more, are you more comfortable with a horse or what other animals? Well, I find that horses are extremely, um, what I would call, they're very different than connecting with a cat or a dog. And, and there's something very spiritual about them. And it, it's, it's hard to describe if you haven't had the opportunity to connect with a cat, a dog, a horse, a parrot. There, there's something definitely very spiritual about horses. There's something very ancient about them. And it's almost like you have to be so respectful of their space and their sensitivities. Right. Where like with a, with a dog, you can just go right in you know, Hey, how you doing? Come on in. Tell me about yourself. You know, cats, not so much, but horses, <laughs> there's this whole other respect level that comes sure. into play. I mean, these are the, some of the most sensitive creatures on the planet. So you have to be very respectful and understand that your energy, when you bring that energy to a session, to a reading that can literally shut the session down. If it's too much for the animal, your energy really can determine the outcome of of what happens in that session and horses are just amazing they're incredible they are uh, powerful on in the psychic realm and i would say that of all the animals that i've communicated with they have come through with some of the wisest messages you know we all think oh dolphins whales you know <laughs> primates <laughs> i think it's the horses the horse wisdom is incredible oh they that's know, awesome they know way more than we give them credit for oh i'm i'm sure and uh i know myself personally um you know as a visualization i used to kind of ground myself and, and get myself ready for a reading as, as a horse and he's been there since the beginning of my psychic journey. And he's a tan and white spotted Appaloosa horse. And his eyes are just very cool. And I, he walks up to me and I, you know, kind of brush him down and look into his, his eyes. And, and that really just kind of gets me in the quote unquote zone, I guess. <laughs> right. that's, a, that's a really neat grounding force there. I yeah. Would, uh, I would love to uh, meet him sometime. Sounds wonderful. Yeah, he's 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 kind of staunchy, but um, he's he's graceful at the same time. <laughs> so you know, I think he's staunchy to keep me in line. Um, but, <laughs> but it's you know some of the stuff you you were touching on there with the, your energy and kind of like how a dog you can jump right in with with a dog. It's it's almost like if you just step back and think about it, how would you handle an animal in life? Right. You know, a dog's usually, if they're a friendly dog, you can jump right in, you know, and right. And a cat, you know, well, we're here to serve the cats. We're the (laughs) human, human servants. So I get that, you know, uh, is that kind of what you feel like? Is it, you know, kind of, uh, when you're approaching a reading for somebody, it's, you know, you know, it's a dog. You're like, Hey, I know I can just kind of, pal right in there (laughs) you do you have to really watch your uh, p's and q's and and you have to really be aware of what you're bringing in you know we are we're we're walking around 
and we have this energy that we're putting out there. And when we sit down to do a reading, you know, we read energy. That's what we read. And so you're bringing your energy to the session. You have the client's energy if they're on the phone with you. And then you have the animal's energy and then whoever else visits during that particular session. So you are juggling. You're multitasking. You're doing all these things at one time. And many people don't realize how much goes into preparing for a session, preparing yourself, getting focused, getting grounded, and making sure that you're bringing really balanced energy into the session. Because if you bring any of your issues, any of your prejudices or bias, or if you just aren't feeling good that day, or if you just, you know, not with it, that can really tilt the outcome of that session. The animals will feel it and they'll be put off by it. And, you know, it's not like you can ask an animal to repeat themselves. You know, human might, right? But an animal is going to go, forget it, pal. You missed it the first time. I'm not going to deliver it a second time. So you really have to be mindful and pay attention. And, you know, it's, it's a respect thing. And I treat them with so much respect. I love, love, love hearing what they're going to tell me. I think that's, to me, the most fascinating thing. It isn't so much what their their human mom or dad wants to know. It's what am I going to find out? What is this animal going to tell me? And that's the part I love is just being blown away by some of their incredible messages. Um, oh, are you there? There I am. Okay, yeah, there we go. Um, okay, so go ahead and finish your <laughs> the the last bit of that thought you had there because you much, froze up. How much did how much came across? You just have to be aware of um, what was I saying? It was brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about you're talking about all the different things you have to juggle. Oh, and the amount, and the amount of work that you know and the focus. Uh, the focus that goes into it. Yes. And, and really just being mindful of yourself. So you're not bringing any of your stuff into that session. You have to just be neutral. You have to be open to everything and leave whatever bad day or whatever's going on in your life. You have to leave that at the door and don't bring it into the session. It is multitasking to the nth degree. You have to really be clear on how you feel and, and know that the messages that are coming in are, you know, truly clear and accurate and detailed. And that's the part that I enjoy the most is getting the really detailed messages. It's, wow. uh, you know, the, the stuff that makes you, your jaw drop and go, what? Did you just <laughs> is those that are the, real? <laughs> yeah. Those are the best, aren't they? Yeah. Well, it sounds like, uh, you know, a, from readings I do and it, it definitely, I don't feel like I go in with like a surgical precision of focus in it, you know? So that sounds, I didn't even realize that um, with what you do, it it sounds like you really got to go in, like I said, with a, you know, surgical precision of focus and intent. And that's got to take a lot out of you. Do you, I mean, do you feel pretty drained after a reading? Yeah, I, I started 
cutting back on how many I would do per day because it just was wiping me out because I put so much into it and I'm trying to get so many details in a very short amount of time. And so I would limit it to only three a day because I'd have to take a break in between. And that was that worked out really well for me. Uh, doing any more than three a day and it would just completely wipe me out. And um, I'm kind of I'm kind of a lazy psychic. This sounds really bad, but um, <laughs> I I don't want to work any harder than I have to. You know, I want to ex- expend the appropriate amount of energy to obtain the appropriate amount of messages, and I don't yeah. want to, you know, go on empty. You know, I don't want my tank on empty. So. I, I try to conserve my energy throughout the session. I try to build myself back up throughout the session. I have various different techniques that I use. And, you know, I really love crystals. So I've got all my crystals here around okay. in my office. That's one way that I recharge and refuel. But, you know, every session is different. And if the client is really um, excited and they're bringing really positive energy to the session, you know, that just makes it even better when they sit there and don't see anything like my buddy Ron used to do. Oh my gosh, that man drove me crazy. If he's watching tonight, he's laughing right now. <laughs> um, but Yeah, I know he is. <laughs> the client, and if you're getting a reading from someone, bring good, positive energy and be open to anything. Don't be all narrow-minded about what you want to hear. Just be open to whatever comes through because it matters. Exactly. Well, we had a couple of questions um, come through. And uh, one was from Michael White, but it looks like um, Sonia Jorgensen may have answered it. But he w- he was asking you, is, is it true that horses will actually match the heartbeat of their rider? I believe horses could probably rule the world if we would vote them into office. So <laughs> I have no, and they do a better job too than, you know. that's what we've had in the past but uh that is probably very true and if you think about it a horse can feel well they're like anywhere from 900 to you know 1200 1300 pounds this is a huge animal and yet they can feel a mosquito land on their flank so imagine when we're on their backs all hundred and whatever pounds we weigh that uh you know there really is this connection that takes place and anyone who has horses you know what I'm talking about there's a connection that happens and you get in a zone with your horse you get into this it's almost meditative sure and I would absolutely believe that Michael why I don't know where he read that but leave it to him to come up with him yeah yeah, exactly. And uh, we did have another person that said that um, they had a dream recently and a pet and, along with a ex-boyfriend who had passed on many years ago, uh, like decades. Um, they both showed up in this dream and they were very much alive, but she didn't really seem to feel that there was a message there. But when pets show up in a dream... I mean, is that just showing up? Is that something you can take away from that? Or, I mean, is there symbolism you need to be looking for? Okay, so 
One of the most common ways that our departed pets will visit us is in a dream. That's just the easiest way for them to come to us because usually we are overwhelmed with grief. So we're not going to sense their their spirit around us. And so a dream state, we're way more open and we're more receptive to to have a visitation from them. So when they do show up in a dream, the one thing I will differentiate for you, and this is really important to anyone listening, because I've, I've had a lot of clients tell me, but Karen, I had a horrible dream. It was horrible. And, you know, my pet was, you know, crying or whatever they were doing. That's not a dream visit. That's your subconscious playing out whatever went, wrong or whatever you thought happened that's not a dream visit a dream visit is truly magical it will be so real and you'll feel like you can literally wake up and they're going to be right there with you and you can hold them and pet them and everybody's happy and your heart is bursting (laughs) that's a dream visit the other kind no that's just your subconscious working through your feelings and your emotions from your loss. So don't get okay. those confused. Interesting. I, mean, I feel like I myself have had probably a couple of dream visits then where it seems so real. <laughs> like I could reach out and, and pet them. <laughs> you know? That's it then. That's it. Yeah. Um, if we have another question, boy, they're, they're rolling in and this one's from Valerie. And she says, can I ask Karen, in her experience as a trainer, on average, how long does it take someone to develop a proficiency in becoming an animal communicator? Well, let me see. Um, I've been doing this for 24 years now. Hard to believe. It's wow. Long. And I'm still learning, Valerie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still a student. I still learn every session I do. I learn something new from it. I take something away that I didn't know or that I hadn't maybe um, thought of before. But I will say that there's definitely a learning curve. In the very beginning, we have to put all of our um, preconceived ideas of, is this real? Does this work? We have to get past all that. So there is a learning curve in the beginning, but once you get like your first message or once you start getting information from animals, you just get like, yes, 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 yes. And then it goes really fast from there. So if you are really crazy about it, like I was and practiced all the time, you can get really good, really fast, but that's what it takes. It takes practice because every animal is different. You're not going to get the same answers. You can't use the same technique every time. It's not going to work every time. Like cats, cats will make a fool out of me every time. (laughs) I love them. As I said, I have more than three. But let me tell you, if someone's going to make a fool out of me, it's going to be a cat. They're just so, uh, they're too darn smart. They're they're (laughs) amazingly witty and Uh, charming and they're the only animals I've come across so far that lie. Really? Interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, like I said before, we're here to serve them. Exactly. Uh, you know, that's just, that's just how it goes. But let me answer her question realistically. So um, 
in my experience, I teach a 12-week course. It's a mastery program, and you have to already be actively communicating with animals. So it's for intermediate to advanced, and that's like a supercharged turbo booster 12-week course. You can take a basic class like my online course, which is very um, very much covering all the basics of how to connect, how to send a message, how to receive a message. And just in a matter of, I would say, three or four weeks, you can probably get the basics down, and then it's all up to you. The rest is is really depending on how often you practice. It, that's awesome. It, like anything, you have to put the time and the and the focus into it. Um, <clears throat> well, we have a, another question. Uh, this one's from Carrie, but I want to quickly ask you before we get to that question. When you say, you know, you can teach us, uh, you know, the basics of how to send a message or how to receive a message for you, how does it come in? Is it like empath? Is it intuitive? Is it, do you hear or do you see images or, you know, what's kind of the clear that works for you? Well, I started out basically as a clairvoyant where I would just see something. I'd get a flash, an image. Okay. And I wanted to be able to hear the animals talking to me. That was my goal. I wanted to hear that message. And so I started to ask them to send me messages so I could hear them. So they'd send me a flash of something and then I'd say, okay, that's really cool. Thank you for that. But now can you tell, tell me that? Can you say that? And that took a while. That took a lot longer. Now I would say that I mainly clear audience, so I mainly hear everything that they're saying. But then, Pete, it's a a total mixed bag. Each animal is different. Some are better at sending images. Some are better at sending sounds and words and sentences. And others Mm -hmm. are just kind of a combination of everything. So you have to really be proficient in all of the clairs. You have to really be paying attention because, like I said, they won't repeat they'll share a message and then they'll go on to the next thing. And if you miss it, you miss it. (laughs) It's like, it's gone. Wow. (laughs) Well, it sounds kind of like, uh, sounds kind of like humans almost, I guess, you know, with how things come in because different, you know, different people are better at speaking to you or showing you photos or whatever. So yeah. So like, no, we use symbols like thumbs up, thumbs down. Um, green, red light, green light, green is yes. And a red is no. And and I'll use symbols with them too. I have a whole different lineup of symbols that come into play. And some animals are just, um, you know, more, more shy, more quiet, more reserved and others are more forthcoming just like they were in, in life. Yeah. Isn't that something now you take, you you take your personality with you, you do, <laughs> and, the, and the type of person you are, and I, that's that's so cool, and it, it's it, it's kind of clicking in my head a little bit more of because I've always been curious about exactly what you do and how it works and stuff, but it really sounds a lot like humans, but it's you're you're getting that a- animal energy, and that's awesome yeah it's just it gets a little trickier because you know most animals don't speak english so you know that's that's where the tricky part comes in (laughs) okay and uh that's 
how you can really sharpen your abilities is uh, by understanding the message because they might just show you something and then you have mm -hmm. to figure out what that is. And it might yeah. not be exactly what they're showing you. Like, for instance, they might show you a, a red ball. It, it, they, maybe they don't even have a red ball. Maybe they don't, don't even care about toys, but they want to, they want you to say something red, for instance. Mm -hmm. So it might just turn out that their mom or dad who's on the phone with me that I can't see because they're on the phone with me is wearing red that day. So the animal will show me something just to get me to sure. say it. And then I have to tell my client, hey, I'm seeing a red ball or something red, something round. Is What does this mean to you? So it's a lot like playing charades. And I know this is similar to with departed humans because they do the same thing sometimes. Yes. They'll flash <laughs> images at us. We don't know what the heck they're showing us. And it's like, okay, let me just tell you what I'm seeing because I don't understand this. So it's very similar to that. Interesting. Yeah, I've kind of noticed with um, older spirits or the, the older, the longer the time someone passed away, the less words they use and the more imagery and emotion that, you know, they kind of will send emotions that I then get to decipher. Yes. Um, <laughs> and not always have, fun. <laughs> have you noticed too that the further back they are, generationally speaking, the further back they stand away from you? Yeah, yeah. I, so, I've had I've had some come fairly close, but I, I I would agree with that. I didn't really, I guess, put a lot of notice into that. But now that I think about it, yeah, I, th I I would agree with that. So when they're when you're trying to figure out, okay, who are you? Are you on the mom's side? Are you on the dad's side? You know, how far back are you? Yeah. yeah, if they're way, if they're standing way back there, you know that they're going back more in the generations in the lineage than yeah. if they're standing way up close. And I found that there is a generational, a common theme generationally where a certain generation just kind of stands back and does this. Yes. <laughs> and they yes. don't say anything. I totally <laughs> they just agree with stand that. There. <laughs> it's like are you with me and they're just standing there looking at you like mm, i'm just observing i'm not gonna yeah. say anything <laughs> yeah yeah and the, or yeah they don't say anything or that it looks like they're standing out of the light of a street light in a dark yeah. alley you know you can't quite i ask see them, them. To, i ask them to come step into the light i'll i'll have a spotlight there you know <laughs> a virtual spotlight and i'll say can you come step into the light and they're, and they're not having it yeah <laughs> that's that's awesome uh, well, let's get to the question from Carrie, and this uh, question for Karen. Um, she says, "Ask how do I get past the bias I have towards small dogs when I do readings for small dogs? No matter how hard I try, I feel differently about small dogs than large or even medium-sized breeds. Is there something I can do to get past this bias and connect with them as much with as much respect as with larger dogs?" That's a really good question. And I would think that one of the things to keep in mind is that if, because I have three little dogs, they're right here in the room with me. They're being really good right now. <laughs> but think about this, Carrie. Little dogs have the biggest egos usually, right? They think <laughs> they're Rottweilers. These three little Chihuahua things I have here, they think they could tackle an elephant. So maybe in your mind's eye, you could visualize these little dogs as having this super persona and, and being bigger, bigger than 
you know, life itself. Try that because it is, um, you know, it's those little dogs. They're the toughest ones. They are tougher. I will tell you, the little dogs are tougher than the big dogs. I don't know why. It just is. It's just one of those weird little things. But they can be really challenging to connect with. So that might be what the issue is. It may not be just the size issue. It's just that little dogs are, for me anyway, they're more of a challenge to connect with. It's, um, I haven't cracked that nut yet. I haven't figured out why, but mm-hmm. um, there's probably many, many reasons why. But um, try that, Carrie. Good question. Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, thanks for asking. And that came through the station chat. So if you're out there and you want to ask questions, WLTKDB.com, jump on the station chat. And, you know, with the little dogs here, you're talking about he, bigger than life. And it sounds to me like almost it, it's you got to get around their personality and kind of get to their core, um, their core, you know, love they had for for their human you know, kind of tap it, get around their personality. You almost have to kind of sift through that. It sounds like, you know, it just downloaded in my head as you were saying that Pete, I just got this, like it's, it may also be because they're human humanizes them so much mm-hmm. that they almost aren't even dog like compared to big dogs. You know what I mean? You know how we tend to humanize little dogs more so than big dogs? So that's what just came into me right there. Again, I'm sharing that with you live (laughs) (laughs) as it came in. (laughs) No, I think that makes that makes some sense. And maybe it's almost because they're humanized so much that um, maybe they it almost takes a different respect to vibration to get to um, Yes. And I'm going to use the word vibra- vibration again, because certain animals have a higher frequency and are more difficult to connect with. So maybe that's what it is. The more humanized that dog is, the more difficult it'll be to connect with them. I'm totally theorizing right now. Sure. Sure. <laughs> But it's uh, it it kind of makes sense. Yeah, no, interesting, and and it's going to give me something to think about too. I mean, I kind of feel like I was almost going to start getting something too about <laughs> what what that is. So if that comes through, I'll let you know. But, okay. Um. So we got about five minutes to our top of our break, and we've got another question. Uh, this one's from the Facebook Live, and then we've got a uh, after the break, uh, we got another question from Valerie, which is a great one. We'll tackle that. But uh, somebody in the Facebook live stream, and it's it scrolled up past now. I can't see who oh, who, yeah. who asked it, but it was uh, the question was, and I think it's kind of a big one. Will we be reunited with our pets after they've departed? Do we get reunited? Of course. <laughs> that was a purposeful pause. I love it. <laughs> yes, of course. They're going to be the first ones there waiting for us. They're with us all the time. They're around us all the time. They get so excited when we acknowledge their presence, when we hear them, when we talk about them, when we say their names. And they get really frustrated with us when we discount their signs and their messages. So yes, they will be waiting for us. 
I'm well, looking forward to that because I've yes. I've got some pets that meant the world to me. <laughs> so I can't wait. Me too. So is that so the you know the Rainbow Bridge poem? Uh, okay. Yeah, Rainbow now, Bridge. Yeah. So I mean, when um, one of my cats had had passed away, I, I read that poem and it it kind of floored me and you know meant a lot to me. And so I think of that often or when I see somebody, you know, on Facebook or whatever, that's, that's lost a pet. I, I think about that. It's all, is that kind of how it is? Maybe you think, or credence to that, you know, it's pretty close. What I would say the difference is, is in the rainbow bridge poem for those who don't know it or story or whatever, it's that the animals are separate from the humans and that they're in this beautiful meadow or field or something on the other side of this bridge waiting for us mm-hmm. in in reality in my experience there's no separation of animals to humans the animals can be with the humans the humans can be with the animals everybody can be with anybody there's no separation there as there is in the rainbow bridge story and okay. we don't have to actually go to that bridge. I mean, they're with us around all the time. They're around us all the time. They're not in some faraway place. They're not up in the clouds. They're not in a meadow or a field somewhere. They're with us all the time. So it's just a matter of leaving one dimension and entering into the spiritual realm. So it's very similar to that, meaning there's going to be a huge reunion. Yes. That part is very, very similar. Yeah. And that's the part I think I latch on to more is, is the reunion part of it. And, you know, it, you know, I, I totally agree with you in total, you know, I loved your pause and of course, because (laughs) (laughs) it's awesome. Um, Well, it just, they're around. I, I've in my readings that I've done over the years and, you know, I'm a rookie at, at all this, you know, I've only been doing it for seven years and so I, you know, feel like I'm a rookie and occasionally a pet will show up during a reading and they've never, there's, as far as I can tell, of course I could have missed it, uh, that they have given me a message, but I do, I have seen, you know, someone's dog that they, you know, that they had, you know, someone's grandma and it was their dog that was with them or, or a, rarely a cat. I think I only had one cat, but a few dogs have popped up in readings before. And it's, it's, it, so I would agree more with what you're saying that, that, you know, they're always with us. They're kind of mm-hmm. not off in this far, you know, far away place or whatever. Right. Um, but it's, I, it makes me happy to know that we're, we'll be reunited, you know, and you. it gives you something to look forward to, I guess. <laughs> Big party. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Well, uh, hey, we're at the top of the hour. We're going to do, we're going to pay the bills here and take a little station break. When we come back, we're going to come back with another question from Valerie for my guest, Karen Anderson. We're on the Paranormal Pete Show on Let's Talk Radio, WLTKDD.com. We'll see you on the flip side of the break.
would-be congressman is dead from the coronavirus. I'm Jack Callahan, Fox News. Only days from being sworn in, Louisiana Congressman-elect Luke Letlow has died from the coronavirus at a hospital in Shreveport, Louisiana. Letlow had been the chief of staff to retiring Congressman Ralph Abraham and won the election to the seat just 24 days ago. He leaves a wife and two young children. Luke Letlow was 41. President-elect Joe Biden with a warning today about the outbreak. Things are going to get worse before they get better. He's called for 100 million vaccinations in his first 100 days. Says he'll invoke the Defense Production Act if necessary to get the doses required for that. A new strain of the coronavirus confirmed in the United States. A patient in Colorado who has not traveled overseas now confirmed with the so-called UK variant said to be more easily transmitted. Procedural moves in the Senate but no votes today on increasing relief payments. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell has introduced a bill increasing stimulus checks from $600 to $2,000, something President Trump has demanded in Democratic leader support. But the measure from the Republican leader would also repeal a liability shield for social media companies and establish a 2020 Election Integrity Commission, also requested by the president. Those additions are considered poison pills by top Democrats. Minority Leader Chuck Schumer says if Republicans load up stimulus checks with unrelated partisan provisions, it will do nothing to help struggling families. Fox Jared Halper in the Senate could vote tomorrow on the effort to override the president's veto of the defense spending authorization. The Trump campaign appealing another election lawsuit to the U.S. Supreme Court, asking justices to throw out more than 220,000 ballots in the Milwaukee and Madison areas and declaring the Wisconsin election failed, giving the selection of the state's electoral college delegates to state lawmakers. America is listening to Fox News. Does your business have trouble managing inventory, projects, or even getting paid on time? Don't let spreadsheets and QuickBooks hold you back. If you want to get your business to a better place, take action now and make the move to NetSuite. Stop paying for multiple systems that don't give you the information you need when you need it. Ditch the spreadsheets and all the old software you've outgrown. Now is the time to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle, the world's number one cloud business system. NetSuite gives you visibility and control over your financials, HR, inventory, e-commerce, and more. Everything you need, all in one place, instantaneously. Whether you're doing a million or hundreds of millions in revenue, save time and money with NetSuite. Join the over 22,000 companies using NetSuite right now. Let NetSuite show you how they'll benefit your business with a free product tour at NetSuite.com slash Fox. Schedule your free product tour right now at NetSuite.com slash Fox. There's been one benefit from the coronavirus pandemic. The number of public mass shootings this year is the lowest in a decade. According to Northeastern University, there were only two such events this year, both of them before the coronavirus lockdowns took effect. During the vice presidential debate, Senator Kamala Harris said she wouldn't trust the coronavirus vaccine on President Trump's say-so. Today, the vice president-elect received the Moderna vaccine, saying... I trust the scientists, and it is the scientists who created 
and approved this vaccine. She urged all Americans to get vaccinated. Federal prosecutors have decided against civil rights charges against two Cleveland police officers involved in the shooting of 12-year-old Tamir Rice. The case is now closed in that deadly Tamir Rice shooting. The 12-year-old boy was playing with a pellet gun when officers Timothy Loman and Frank Garmback were sent to the scene in Cleveland. Rice was shot by Loman shortly after their arrival. Loman has since been fired, but not as a result of that shooting. The Justice Department, in its decision, said they did not condone the officers' actions, but the incident did not rise to a civil rights prosecution. An attorney for Tamir Rice's family says the process was tainted and is calling for documents that support the DOJ's decision to drop the investigation. Grinnell Scott, Fox News. The Justice Department says they are working with authorities in Pakistan to make sure the man convicted of beheading New York Times reporter Danny Pearl is not released from prison, as Pakistani courts have ordered, after throwing out his murder conviction and reducing the charges to kidnapping. A spokesman says the U.S. is prepared to take custody of Omar Sheikh to stand trial in the United States for Pearl's murder in 2002. I'm Jack Callahan. This is Fox News. Others say it. We prove it. We are controlling transmission. WLTK DB. Let's talk. Alternative Talk Radio. WLTKDB.com. Well, they say. Alright everybody, welcome back. We're on the other side in the second hour now of the Paranormal Pete Show. I'm your host Peter Obeya and I've got a very special guest Karen Anderson with me tonight. Welcome back Karen. <laughs> Thanks for having me. This is so cool. Yeah, it's a lot of fun and, and I gotta tell you, you're super hard to talk to. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I'm so boring, huh? <laughs> yeah. Uh, we've had a lot of great questions coming in and want to thank all the listeners out there on the station chat for submitting questions and on the Facebook feed as well. So I'm trying to keep up with both here. And so uh, we had a question from Valerie and uh, we may have kind of touched on this, but let's ask anyways. Uh, so she says, when you learn animal communication, is it just the same connecting and talking to your own dogs across the veil as other people's dogs, or is there a difference like i mean it sounds like maybe it's you might be more comfortable talking trying to communicate with your own animals than maybe someone else i mean is there a difference or is it just you know that vibration you're, you've mentioned um well it's actually for most people more difficult to get messages from their own pets which is the main reason that most of us get into this is because we love our pets and we want to communicate with them. And then we sure. find that there's this huge mental block sound, but we can't get one little message from our dog or cat or horse or whatever. And um, the reason is, is because our brains will autofill sure. and it's just like, like autocorrect. We know everything there is to know about our pets or almost everything. So if you're asking, when you're learning animal communication, you have to ask something you don't know the answer to, or you don't think you know the answer to, and then that can help you learn how to tune into your pets more. 
Um, if you, if you work with someone like me as your coach, I will teach you to actually start practicing. I don't know first, then build up your confidence. That's how you learn. That's how you realize and figure out how you receive messages. Yeah. With other people's pets. it, It makes, yeah, exactly. It makes a lot of sense too. Um, you know, through my experience um, as a medium doing readings, it's so hard to read the, the people you know <laughs> so well. You know, it is. You do, you do autofill. You, yeah, because you you're like, and you're trying not. To, you're like, ah, you know, I'm trying not to think that. You're trying to block, 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 block that stuff out, but you can't help it because you're human, right? Yeah. So exactly. you know, truly. When you're learning animal communication, you start off with the basics. You know, um, what's your favorite treat? What's your favorite toy? Where do you sleep at night? Who's your best friend? You can hear somebody whining in the background here, so I may need to go let them O-U-T. Um, <laughs> I can't say it because then they'll all start screaming. Oh, um, but you really have to realize that there is a learning curve there is a a confidence level you have to reach and that Mm -hmm. comes with practicing with pets you do not know that's the only way you can build your confidence and can i i'm sorry can i go let them no that's okay that's that's okay i've got a story i can share while you while you do that they're they're not gonna let up yeah no worries (laughs) So, um, Karen, as a, uh, animal communicator, um, she knows when her dogs need to do their thing or <laughs> so let her do that. Uh, but I wanted to share another story of, um, a animal spirit and it's here, another one from here in Port Campbell. And I talked about the house that I had lived in and, um, the house next to that has a storied past of a cat spirit that roams around in this place. And this house is called the Jackson house and it was built in 1871. And um, the U S postmaster here in Port Gamble, that's, that's who that guy was um, DB Jackson and his son as well. Leslie Jackson was the postmaster through nine U S presidents out here. So really long time. Uh, it's a really neat house. It's cut up really weird. The rooms are really strange in there. And there's a lot of activity that I've experienced and many others have experienced in that house, uh, which we'll save some of that for another show. But one of the main stories out of that place, I should say probably the most commonly reported activity in there is of a cat. And it it used to be a retail shop and now it's more of a private business, more of an office type uh, business. So there's not a lot of, there's not customers going in and out of there like there used to be. And so there's this, you know, people would start talking about seeing a cat. And um, so, and he says, yes, the postmaster house. Yep. It's the Brown one on the main street here in Port Gamble. And, so one of the former shop owners decided to start having people like write down the description of the cat or like um, kids would often see it. So she would have them color, you know, use crayons and color. And the interesting thing is everyone's describing the same type of cat, like a reddish or ginger colored, like calico pattern of this cat. 
and uh, I unfortunately have never been able to come across the cat. But what happens is people are in there and something will brush by their leg and they'll say, oh, what's your cat's name? And she'll say, and then the shop owner would say, well, I'm sorry, we don't have a cat. And my favorite story of, of this cat was I was touring a travel writer around Port Gamble and uh, not for the paranormal, but just, you know, for tourism type stuff. And he asks me, you know, I hear this town's haunted. What can you tell me? And I said, well, how many hours do you have? And we kind of joked a little bit. And I, we were right outside of this house. And I said, well, we've got to go in and check this place out. And it was a, a retail and a little restaurant at the time. And uh, the shop owner had all these little dining rooms set up in the, in the various little rooms on, on the first floor. And so we go in there and he wanted to check out the whole place. So he went towards the back, you know, the rooms in the back and uh, it was him and it was myself and his wife and the shop owner stayed at the front of the shop, just kind of chit chatting while he went back there. He wasn't back there 10 seconds and we hear, Hey, what the heck? And he comes bombing up towards the front of the shop and the shop owner is like, Oh, you okay? And he goes, your cat walked up to me like it wanted me to pet it. And I put my hand down and it disappeared. What the heck? And she says, oh, you found our ghost kitty. And boy, he turned a shade of white that whiter than I've ever seen. <laughs> but uh, so there's there's a couple of animal stories. And I know uh, Neil McNeil has one. Um, I think it has a, a white dog that they witnessed running by the stables, the old stables here in Port Gamble. Um, so there, there's some interesting experiences. And hopefully someday I'll get to meet that cat. Um, but we're, we're welcoming Karen back. Welcome back. Are the, the, the kiddos doing okay? <laughs> Fine. Sorry about that. No, that's all I good. Have, I have a great Port Gamble story for you. Okay. So we were, uh, this was a couple years back and it was, uh, Ron and Seth and Jill and me, of course. And I'm trying to remember who else was there, but we were around the, the houses, you know, the rental houses back there. Mm-hmm. And uh, Ron was doing a blessing of the land. Okay. It was so cold and drizzly and chilly out there. And you're right on the water. It was dark out. It was uh, after the show. And Seth and I both saw a white wolf run behind Ron Solar and disappear right into him. Oh. Yes. It was. (laughs) It was so cool. Really cool. That brings so. a new meaning to hair raising experience, I guess. Jeez. Yep. <laughs> so it was white though. Cause that's uh, what I think Neil's story that he's talked about before um, had to do with a white, what he it looked like a white dog. So I don't know. I'll have to ask him if he thought it was more like a wolf or just a a domestic type dog. So interesting. That's cool. So you guys, you guys were staying at the guest houses. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Oh, uh, I had somebody comment on the Facebook stream about the Jackson house and the cat that they saw the cat one day in the back room, uh, in one of the back rooms. And that was Mary. Thanks for the comment, Mary. So cool. (laughs) you're lucky. I haven't seen it. <laughs> um, and so we did have a couple more questions and I'll see. Uh, Sonia, can you re-ask yours? It's, it's too far down. I can't see it now. Uh, but another question was from Michael White. Uh, 
And it was, the question is, though it might be harder to understand, do reptiles or fish pets ever come through? Have you ever done readings for a reptile or a fish pet? Oh, yeah. In fact, one of the coolest messages I ever got was from a snake. I was actually at the gym and I was on the elliptical machine. So you have to imagine, you know, I'm doing this and this guy comes up to me at the elliptical machine next to me and he's got a snake wrapped around his arm, right? Not exactly what you see at the gym all the time. (laughs) Well, he had heard through the rumor mill that I could communicate with animals. So he thought that this was a great time to ask me what was going on with his snake. Well, no, (laughs) this is not a great time to ask. So um, we went outside and I had a little chat with this snake and she wasn't eating and she wasn't doing very well. And so he wanted to find out what was going on. And so she told me there were a couple of things that were going on with the, the level of heat and it was part of the problem. But she said the most amazing thing to me, I love snakes. I, I, don't have a problem with it. As long as they're not poisonous in, in my yard, I love <laughs> this. Some kind of boa, rosy boa or something like that said to me something along the lines. This was a long time ago, Michael. So bear with me here. It was something like, what is this thing you humans call fear? Oh, I don't understand this thing you call fear. Wow. Yeah. And I was kind of shocked by that. I didn't, wasn't expecting that. And I found myself trying to explain human psychology to a snake. It was, it was one of those crazy moments, like caught me totally off guard. It was, it was a very honest question. I thought, cause she thought she was amazing and, beautiful and she couldn't understand why so many humans were afraid of her wow talk about another level of thinking and and, you know and old school wisdom there right (laughs) that's that's really i don't know what i would have done i probably would have just been like uh lost for words (laughs) I definitely had to think about that one. It's like, oh my gosh, what do I say? And then I, I think I just stammered and stumbled around. And I said <laughs> something like, well, most humans fear what they don't understand. But once they understand you, they won't fear you at the same level. Because yeah. I had no fear. So she could feel that. She could sense that. So she felt safe in sharing that message with me. And that's what it is. I feel so honored that they will share their message with me. And that's what I want to relay to every single animal. It's all about the dignity and respect that they deserve that they're all special. They're, somebody loves them. Somebody cares about them. They're somebody's best friend. And I want to relay that to them so that they know that they're special. They can trust me to deliver their message and I'm not going to botch it. I'm going to deliver it as clearly and accurately as I can. I mean, I don't get me wrong. I mess up every once in a while, but <laughs> my intentions <laughs> are good. <laughs> Yeah, that that goes back to what you were saying kind of right off uh, the bat was, you know, having that setting the intention 
and you seem to have found uh, an approach and your your intention you know being true through you of giving that respect and the dignity to them because i think in regular life maybe it, that's not always there um you know we know it's not there um and so it kind of speaks to you know going back to setting your intention and that's just an important point any anyways with anything paranormal research or in in regular life is is setting that that focus and that attention intention um so i I, that's fascinating (laughs) well and then you know we were talking about how what all happens in a reading and you know this may be a shock to some people who are listening if you get it if you're somebody who gets a lot of readings then this won't be any big news to you but if you haven't had a reading or if you haven't had a pet reading you know i spend at least a half an hour with that animal alone before i get the client on the phone so half an hour or so before a session would start i would just sit quietly with that animal's photo i use their photo to connect that's like having that pet's cell phone number i just dial them up Plus, I like looking at them because they're so cute. But that really helps me feel and sense their energy just by gazing at their photo. Now, photo isn't necessary, but like I said earlier, I'm a very lazy psychic and I don't want to work any harder than I have to. So I can still connect with the pet if there is no photo, but, you know, I have to work a little harder, so... (laughs) <laughs> sure. Well, I mean, you found you found a way that works better for you. So I wouldn't consider it lazy. You're just, you know, if you can have the photo, it's more efficient, right? It doesn't take more efficient. A, there it is. Yeah. Yes. It, it does more efficient because does, yes. That. Think of it that way. Because, <laughs> you know, it, if it's easier for you, you, you don't have to be putting out so much. Exactly. And, we have to you, conserve our our energy, right? Exactly. So the client will get on the phone when their appointment time rolls around. I already know what that animal's all about. I already have a sense for their uh, their mood, their attitude, what's going on with them, because I've already spent the last 30 minutes just checking in with them before the client ever called in. Mm-hmm. I already know what I'm walking into. So I'm I'm they still surprise me, but at least I have a really good idea of what's going on. And then this is the the part that I was leading up to that you might not know this if you haven't had a pet session, especially one for me. I don't let the, the client ask any questions. They have to wait until the very end because okay. I want that animal. I think it's the most loving and kind and respectful thing to do to let that animal share whatever they want to share. This is their time to talk. So let's let that animal talk. They'll probably answer about 80% of what that person wanted to know. And then I leave a little bit of time at the end for the person to ask a question if there was something else that came up, but they're usually so blown away at that point by what the animal told them that their other questions didn't even matter. (laughs) So a really good animal communicator will let that animal talk because it's more important to hear what's on their minds than sometimes the silly little things that we want to know. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I, I've never had a session with an animal communicator. Um, 
at some point I'd, I'd, I'd love to, but tell, tell everyone out there listening, how can they get a hold of you to, um, to get a session with you? Well, I'm actually <laughs> not conducting sessions right now. Oh, yes, because I have a couple of other things going on. First of all, I'm writing my next book, which is you answered one of my questions. Yes, <laughs> which is awesome. going to be all about um, pet loss in the afterlife. Um, very much in line with the amazing afterlife of animals, which was my last book. And I'm really focusing on the coaching aspect of uh, animal communication. I want to show more people how easy this is to do. And I, I want to, I want there to be more animal communicators in the world. I want more people to understand the steps are simple. It's basic. It's easy. There's no magic to it. The magic happens within the session. The magic happens once you get all of that, those basic steps down. That's where the magic happens. And that's your unique style. And that's what I love helping people focus in on and sharpen their abilities with. So I'm not conducting sessions right now, but uh, they can still um, get my app. I have a mobile app that has all kinds of animal communication hints and tips and suggestions and resources. And that's all on my website. If you go to karenanderson.net and you can opt in as a VIP and get email updates or you can also download my app and get all of that right at your fingertips. I've got a Facebook practice group for anyone who wants to learn. It's called Animal Communication Planet. And I do free training in there. So I got all kinds of stuff going on. That's awesome. Well, it's good that you can kind of, you know, keep busy with, you know, with everything else that's going on. Um, now, when's your next, you have a workshop coming up, right? I do. On January 12th, I'm teaching an afterlife master class and that you do have to register for that. That's through open center and again, you can either go to my Facebook page, you can go to my Animal Communication Planet practice group, or my website, karenanderson.net, to get all the information. And it's in the app, too, uh, under the events category. You can get all the upcoming cool stuff that's happening. That's awesome. And I just um, posted a link to your website on the Facebook live stream there. So Thank people you. can go there and check it out. Um, well, I'm excited for your new book. That's cool. Your last one, um, you got a bestseller and you've got, I don't know how many awards for that one. So congratulations again Thank on you. that. And, uh, when do, when can we expect the new book to be coming out? Oh my gosh, that's the million dollar question. Uh, <laughs> soon. I hope I, I really want to get this released. Um, maybe by June. Awesome. I'd like to have it released by June and it's going to have, it's going to be full of stories, just like the amazing afterlife of animals. This one's going to focus more in depth and I'm going to go into each one of the categories, more reincarnation and what really happens when our pets die and what do they experience and euthanasia and cremation and burial, you know, what do, 
do pets understand all that stuff? How do they feel about it? And then also the whole healing aspect from our perspective, because I think Pete, that's the one, the one common thing that we all have when we lose a pet is that grief, that pain, you know, how do we yeah. handle that? How do we get through those tough times? Yeah. And we all, I'll grieve differently. So what works for you isn't going to work for me, but you know, how can you navigate through a loss, especially if things didn't end the way that you had hoped. Right. And, and how do pets perceive that? You know, there's so many things that, you know, I don't know about you or, or those who are listening, but I carried grief around with me for 20 years over something that happened that I blamed myself for only to find out in my first book I write about it that that's not even on their radar they, they don't even <laughs> they don't even think in the same way that we think and here I carried this guilt around for two decades for no reason when all that time I could have been putting positive energy and loving thoughts and instead I was beating myself up as to what a horrible person I was and it wasn't even <laughs> I wasn't even a horrible person so. Yeah, and and I've heard you I've heard you kind of speak about that a, um, a little bit at the, like the Oregon Ghost Conference um, or here at the Port Gamble Ghost Conference. And so, can you talk a little bit about um, you know that very subject of, of grief? Because uh, what you've talked about before, and I thought was just a really it was a really cool thought, and it kind of made me look at the pets I've I've lost of they don't want you to necessarily remember them in the last days, right? They want you to um, think of them in the happy, you know, the love and the happy times, not the sad times. You know what I mean? Can you talk a little bit about that? Absolutely. And let's, let's think about this for a minute. Um, let's say um, you've been with your pet for, you know, a long time, 10 10 years or, or more. And even if you haven't, it doesn't matter. Length of time doesn't matter to a pet. The quality of time matters to a pet because they don't measure a good life by how many years they're here. They measure a good life by how much fun they had and how good you are to them. That's how they measure a good life. So imagine you've lost that pet and you had all these adventures. You spent every day together. You went on walks or rides or whatever, or they you know, slept in your bed with you or whatever. This is your buddy, your pal. Go everywhere with them. Now, imagine that once that pet leaves their body and goes into spiritual world, their life basically doesn't change very much. They get to do everything that they want. They get to do more with you. They get to go more places with you. They can go to the store with you. They can go to work with you. They can go to the beach with you. They can go to the doctor's office with you. They get more freedom when they leave their body. But all you do is focus in on those last final moments. So your thoughts about them, your whole relationship with them now becomes encapsulated in this little bubble of time. And it's like everything that you guys did together that was so fun and wonderful gets forgotten because you're focusing yeah. in on those final moments. Wouldn't you be discouraged if you were that pet going, hey, wait a second. What, 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 what about all those years we had? What about all those adventures we went on? What about all those nights together, those days together, all the fun we had? 
You're going to focus and base my whole entire worth on that one little blip in time. They don't want us to do that. And, and it actually discredits and dishonors them when we do that. And I'm guilty. <laughs> I'm so guilty. I speak from experience here. I've done it myself. I have beat myself up. I blame myself. I focus on how it ended. It ended wrong. This isn't, you know, the way I want it to go. And I, I'm a bad mother. I didn't do this right or do that right. They don't see it that way. They see it as, hey, we had this great life. Let's put all of our energy and attention on all the wonderful times that we had and the joy that we shared together. Plus, you're no fun to hang out with, Pete, if you're grieving <laughs> all the time. Right. Who wants to hang out with someone who's down in the dumps and beating themselves up all the time? That's no fun. It's no fun for your pet either because why? They feed off of your energy. So if you are this outgoing, happy, smiley, loving life person, guess what? Your pets are going to, departed pets are going to want to be around you more. And if you are this depressed, self up, I hate myself person, they're not going to want to hang out with you as much. They're still going to love you. You're not going to harm them. You're not going to stop them from their spiritual journey, but they're not going to want to hang out with you because that's just <laughs> not fun. So think about it. It makes sense, right? Yeah, it yeah it does. And, and when I heard you speak about that at um, gosh, I can't remember if it was, it must have, I think it was the Port Gamble one. I don't know. They um, all run together you, in my head. Too. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> but when I heard you speak about that, I mean, um, you know, on a personal level, um, you know, kind of made me look back on, on my last dog and he passed away suddenly. He was three years, three years old and he just kind of passed away and he passed away in my arms. And it was, it, and it was like within, minutes of me noticing something was not right and then he was go he was gone and i i had a really hard time with that one and you know but once i kind of stepped back i was like okay now we did have some cool times because he was a really cool dog <laughs> his name was mcgruff the crime fighting dog uh, um, <laughs> is he kind of looked like mcgruff um <laughs> But cool. uh, yeah, and so that that really helped me. So I'm hoping anybody listening out there, maybe if you've recently lost a pet, you know, try and like like Karen says, you know, put out that positive energy, and because they're with you, and and I like the idea that they get to go more places with you than they did when they were here living, because you couldn't always take them everywhere, but now they get exactly. to go with you. It's such a neat neat. Yeah, neat, neat concept, and and I think it's I think it's right on. It, it feels feels right. <laughs> it just feels yep. right. And it's I, I heard it so many times. If you think of how many sessions I've done over the last twenty four years, it's somewhere up around twenty two thousand sessions, documented sessions that I've done. <laughs> Holy, smokes. I know, I know, and it's it. You see patterns. You begin to see patterns, and the pattern that I was seeing is that first of all. The animals don't judge us 
That's really powerful. So I'm going to say it again. Our pets do not judge us by how their life ended. Even if a horrible accident happened and let's say you accidentally killed your own pet, they don't see it that way. It's not of their memory. It's not the way that they would relay it to me. They might show me that some kind of impact happened or whatever, but they don't come through in 22,000 sessions, Pete, not a single animal has ever said, my mom or dad killed me and I hold them responsible. No, never. It has never happened. So take that information and just know that you know, the animals see it completely from their perspective. Their body failed them somehow, some way. They know you love them with your whole heart and that you would yeah. do anything to protect them and save them because that's what you do their whole the whole time they're with you. Yeah. You're doing everything you can to make these guys happy and and extend their lives, right? I'm a life extender. I've extended lives over the years and they know this. So they love you and they want you to continue to live your life, to continue to get other pets. When you love on another pet, they benefit from that love. They get the love coming from your heart. If you love on another person, if you love your job, if you love life, if you love yourself, they benefit. So the moral of this story is just be happy, live your life to the fullest. That's how you can help your pets on the other side because they feed off of your fuel. They feed off of your energy. Right. It's put, it's keeping that positive energy out there. And, and you, you touched on, um, you know, with a new loving on a new pet and, you know, I, when I got Dino, <laughs> my, my current buddy, um, you know, it was, uh, it was pretty soon after uh, McGruff had passed. And, and, you know, I, I, I feel like there's some guilt. You feel, you know, a little bit of guilt of maybe you're dishonoring your, you know, your last pet, but it makes sense, you know, by putting out that positive energy and, and what you put into your newfound buddy um, that they get to soak that. I mean, is that right? They kind of get to soak yes. up that too. They do. They will even sometimes pop in. They'll pop into your new buddy and experience that love, and then they pop back out again. And you know, you might see your new pet doing something that the old pet did, even if you just see it one time. Well, that's usually a soul-sharing moment where they will pop into that body just to experience that again, and then poof, they're out again. But you know, we humanize our pets, and in that humanization, we also place our perspectives. And animals just do not see death and dying and the living process the same way humans do. It's a completely different perspective. And it's something that they taught me. I had no idea about this. They taught me to live in the moment. They don't worry about yesterday. They don't worry about two weeks from now. They don't... Uh, you know, they have PTSD, they have traumas, but with the right person, they can get through that and stay in the moment and live in the moment. And usually, this is going to hurt some people who are listening, usually pets have PTSD because you're perpetuating whatever that was. The human is usually the reason, the core reason that that pet can't move past something. You're either obsessing about it, 
if you obsess about something that your pet has been through, if they've been abused or whatever, were in a fight or got hit and injured or whatever, if you're holding them there, that's on you. Right. Help, huh? help your pet move past that. And that makes sense. Um, and, and so I, I've got kind of a, we have another question through the Facebook uh, from Michael, but I wanted to ask real quick, you, you mentioned a soul sharing moment you know, that from a departed pet to maybe your new, your new pet, have you ever come across, I hope this doesn't sound weird. (laughs) Have you ever come across a person that is now an animal? This doesn't sound weird to me. This is like right up my alley. So I have seen and heard it all. Dogs coming back as dogs, cats coming back as cats, horses, horses, and then every other combination, including people, (laughs) back and forth. I've seen it all. I've heard it all. It is rare, I will tell you, to have a human come back as an animal or vice versa. That is rare. Usually, if they left as a dog, they're going to come back as a dog. However, I do believe there are no rule books in the reincarnation <laughs> field. I don't think there's someone up there with a checklist going, well, let's see, uh, reincarnation. You're a dog, so you have to come back as a dog. No, I think that if it's in the highest and best for that soul's growth on a spiritual level, I think anything is possible. It just doesn't happen as frequently. Yeah, But I have lots of people who contacted me and said, I think my cat is my grandmother. (laughs) (laughs) I get all kinds of crazy stuff like that. And who's who's to say this can't happen? I mean, certainly I'm not going to put my name on that. I think anything can happen. Anything is possible. And um, I have a really cool reincarnation story if i can sneak it in real quick yeah Uh, of course of course okay so this is in um uh there's more stories in the amazing afterlife of animals but about reincarnation but this is one of my all-time favorite stories so i had to write about it because it just blew me away (laughs) so a client contacted me because his dog passed away suddenly and unexpectedly at five years old and the dog's name was captain And this is the first time that his dad, Frank, had had an animal communication session. So he didn't quite know what to expect. And he was, you know, checking it out for the first time. And he was this crazy woman, Karen Anderson, who says she can talk to animals. Wasn't sure about the whole thing, but that's okay. So uh, we had the session. One of the questions he asked was, is Captain planning to come back? Is he planning to reincarnate? And Captain said, yes. And he started giving me details about how his dad would find him and how he would know that this was the right dog that he found. Well, one of the things that he said, among others, were there was someone with a team name that would be involved. There was a Wednesday that was important. And there was also the letter C that was really important and something really big. Uh, I couldn't quite tell what that was, but something really big. So long story short, several months go by, I get an email from Frank and he says to me, you're not going to believe this. He says, I'm sending you pictures. You're not going to believe this. 
So I waited, and sure enough, across my email, he sent me what happened. He said, a woman by the name of Tony, the T, had the puppies. She, he went to see the puppies on a Wednesday, and the puppy that he adopted had a giant letter C on its forehead. And he sent me the picture. And it's in my book. You can see it in my book. There is a letter C on this puppy's head, I swear. <laughs> I don't know how to Photoshop. I wouldn't even begin to be able to. And plus, Frank's my buddy and my friend. And yeah. He's listening tonight. But he can attest this is all true. Blew me away. And the thing that was really big that we couldn't understand, that dog who he later named Cash for the big C yeah. grew to be like 140 pounds or something. He was gigantic. <laughs> There's so the big part. <laughs> there was the big part, but it had a letter C on its head. Yeah. That's insane. <laughs> crazy. Totally. Wow. Crazy. So you just never know. Uh, so in a lot of your readings, um, do, sometimes do you people kind of walk away with, they've got all these things, signs that'll come up and then, you know, you'll get an email like a couple weeks later. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, here's what I tell my new clients, my existing clients already know this, but my new clients, I tell them, okay, first and foremost, there's going to be some things that make sense to you right away. There's going to be some things that you're going to hang up the phone and go, Oh, that's what she's talking about. There's going to be a few things that'll hit you a week or two down the road. And then there's going to be some things that absolutely never make sense at all. We never figure out what they are. We just consider it Karen being Karen and I goofed somewhere. Nobody's 100% accurate. I'm certainly not 100% accurate, but that's what I tell everybody. So they know going into it that, you know, sometimes we get things really, really right. Sometimes we're close. I had another one one time, Pete, and you can get, you can totally relate to this. I was connecting with a client and her deceased dog's name was Chloe. And the whole time I'm talking to Chloe, it was like a little uh, Lhasa Apso kind of fluffy little dog. And the whole time I was talking to her, she kept saying the, the word skipper to me, skipper. Okay. And this is Chloe, the dog. So she wouldn't tell me anything else about skipper. So I didn't say anything. So throughout the session, Chloe, the little dog, kept saying the word skipper or skippy, something like that to me. So I ignored it. And I have a rule in my sessions. If I get a message three times, I need to pay attention. I need to say it. Whether it makes sense to me or not, I need to say it. It's important. I keep getting it. So I asked my client, do you have somebody connected to you by the name of skipper or skippy? I keep hearing this name. And she goes, no. I said, Yeah. I keep hearing this name, Skipper or Skippy. She's like, no, Karen, no, I don't have a Skipper. I don't have a Skippy. And I said, do you have something that's kind of close to that? <laughs> and she went, oh, oh, my God, yes. She said, when I was a little kid, our family dog was named Nipper. <laughs> well, my brain was throwing it into the skipper category because that's a far more common name so my brain was auto filling skipper 
So, you know, there's a little bit of atmosphere that gets in the way sometimes when we do readings and we don't always get things right. So this was such a cool moment for her because now she got to know that her beloved pet from childhood was coming through with a message for her. And I, and here's me. I was like, I don't know who Skipper is, so I'm not saying anything to myself. And then thank goodness I said something. Yeah. Yeah. And I, that's a really cool story. And and I guess I can totally relate to that. A lot of times I usually preface a reading with a client with, you might walk away today saying what the heck just happened, but <laughs> I'll send you pictures of my notes and drawings and right? all that. And I know. then the, my favorite thing is getting an email a couple of weeks later. Mm-hmm. So there's this, and I asked this person about this and then this, and then you get all the validation. I, I love when that happens. So. That's happy dance moment that's when you get it. <laughs> exactly happy yeah, dance. that's one of the best one of the best things um so l- let me get to michael white's question here uh, michael so he, white. yeah he's actually going to be on the show on january 26th so, right on i'm gonna be listening yeah always enjoy talking to michael although much like Neil, after I'm done talking to Michael, I often then question everything I thought I knew. I know. Um, they, they, <laughs> they, they have this other like whole thought process that isn't in yeah. my brain. So Yeah. 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 So his question is, um, so three months ago, I had to put our 11-year-old dog to sleep. He suffered from arthritis so bad and finally lost the ability to stand. In his Colby his name is afterlife is he as athletic as he used to be even more so so they get to live their life in the prime of their life so whatever they whatever you could picture them in as the prime of their life that's how they are they always come through to me whole i have two cats right now that only have three legs when they pass on they will come through to me as complete and whole and energetically speaking, you know, they don't have a body. They're just energy. Right. So there's really no legs or eyeballs or anything because they're just energy. But yes, they would they would see themselves as whole anyhow. Like my cats, my three-legged cats don't see themselves as three-legged cats. They only that's my perception. They see themselves as perfect. So on the other side, yes, they would have all of those mobility ish mobilities mobility abilities that's a hard thing to say they would have all of that back again so we are all complete no matter i've got a one-eyed cat right now i have quite a collection of critters right now but jack is um still alive but you know when he goes on the other side he will have full vision he won't have eyes but he'll be able to see with energy they see without a body they they run without legs they they think without a brain it's it's amazing it's amazing what we do pete isn't it explain that one to me michael white how does that happen (laughs) don't get him started i know right (laughs) well karen i'll explain to you <laughs> well, that you know that makes me feel a lot better, and I don't know for anybody listening out there uh, if you've got pets that you know have uh, disabilities or issues. It may, sure makes me feel a lot better um, knowing that they'll 
you know, when, when they depart, they'll be whole and they will be, um, you know, in the prime of their life. Like my, my, uh, my dog Dino, he's, he's, uh, been suffering with Cushing's, uh, disease for the last couple of years. And he's, he's happy, you know, he's, he's a lab. He's, you know, he perks up when, you know, when he sees us, he's, he's like the Dino 5,000 vacuum cleaner for my little girls when they eat, you know, he cleans, yes. you know, he's yes. doesn't, he doesn't miss a session of that, but poor guy, you know, he's, he's had a hard time getting around. His muscles are really wasting away and stuff, but he just still seems, seems happy, go lucky. And, and so it's nice to, to think that, on the other side when that time comes that you know he's going to be in the prime uh of his life which his favorite place is the beach uh pooping in the seaweed I mean, all he's right got a, he's got some sort of Love obsession it. with it so <laughs> but, that, but on, <laughs> on that note anyways that makes me feel a lot better and and, and michael does poop and all kinds of fun stuff as an animal communicator, right? <laughs> yeah. But uh, uh, Michael said thank you. Uh, You're welcome, and I'm sorry that. about your loss, Michael. My heart yeah. goes out to you. I have another really cool story. Do we have time? Yeah. Okay. So um, this is a cat story for all the cat lovers out there. I had a client, brand-new client contact me. And uh, she was very distraught. She was um, wanting me to connect with her departed cat. And this was a, a kitty that she had rescued. He was a stray. And so she had a real close connection with him. She was um, late to work one day. So she backed out of her garage and she accidentally backed over this kitty. He didn't die from that, but he later died died from complications of that incident. So she was just racked with guilt and yeah. just beating herself up. It's terrible. I've had something similar happen. And it's just like, oh, it's gut-wrenching how, how to get through it. So um, in this cat shared all kinds of beautiful memories with me, the things that they used to do and all of his favorite places that he would hang out and, and um, their little morning ritual. And it was great. And throughout the session, remember I told you I, if I get things three times, I say them. Right. Well, I kept hearing, hearing Claire audience about an amputated leg. Talk about the amputated leg, the amputated leg, amputated leg. Well, I didn't want to just upset this client because she was already upset as it was, even though the messages coming through were very healing. But who wants to talk about that? And I figured the cat probably lost a leg when she ran over it. And I didn't want to upset her. So I wasn't saying anything about it. Well, I heard it three times and I can't break my own rule. <laughs> so I said to her, I'm really sorry to do this. And please, I'm not trying to upset you, but I keep getting this message and I have this rule. And, and I said, I keep hearing about an amputated leg. Do you? understand that is this did your kitty pass did his leg have to be amputated total silence and then wow. she started crying and i thought oh my gosh i blew it i blew it i blew it i blew it and she goes karen oh my gosh 
you don't know what you're saying right now. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm feeling awful. Why did I say this? Why did I say this? She goes, no, no, no. You don't understand what you just did. You just completely changed everything. I said, why? She said, he didn't lose a leg. But she said, three months after he passed away, the cat, I was in a horrific car accident and I had my leg amputated. Oh my gosh. So this kitty was more concerned about her leg and what happened to her than he was ever worried about anything that she had done to him. I felt her healing take place right there in that phone call. It was so powerful when she realized that the only way he would know this is if he were there with her through her rehabilitation with her leg gone by her side, completely and totally changed everything. Oh my gosh. Well, what a interesting story. Wow. And I mean, do you just kind of soak all that healing energy in? (laughs) It's, you know, it's, it's hard for me to be speechless, but that was one of the times that I was speechless. I just couldn't believe what I had just said because that's not what I thought it was. So yeah. I thought it was the cat that had the leg amputated. So it was just wow. to me, that is so pivotal. It sends such a powerful message to the rest of us. I mean, just take that into your own little personal experience and apply that. Yeah. That's what this is all about. That's why I love animal communication. That's why I want to teach others how to do this. That's why we need more animal communicators out there. There's so many people who are grieving, who need help. And that's my goal is to help as many people as possible through my books and my coaching. And um, just knowing that, you know, it's, it's not what you think it is. It's, it's, that's your human perception. And I just don't see it that way. That's amazing. And I love that you're, um, you know, really diving in on the teaching and the coaching part of it, because I, I agree, in, you know, need more animal communicators, we need more people to accept their psychic gifts. And I think, you know, overall, it helps society in general, if we're all kind of, you know, open to a higher level of, of being and a higher level of, of consciousness and everything you're talking about is, I mean, it's, it's, I, I, I feel it. <laughs> it's like, uh, it, I can totally relate. Yes. And, and so, you know, I, I'm kind of interested myself in, in learning more because I've always felt a super connection with animals growing up in a vet clinic, you know, I would hang out with the animals recovering from surgeries. I would hang out with them and, and pet them. And, and, you know, there was one cat that he, he wouldn't let anybody near him. He was an obsidian cat and he would just growl and that's kind of how he talked. And then like, he was cool with me. I could go up and pet him and, you know, hang out with him, but he wouldn't let anybody else near him you know, and he was often boarded at the vet clinic. So he was there often. Um, but, you know, I've always felt that special connection. So I want to look more into it as well. And, and I think I appreciate you so much for sharing all of the stuff that you've shared tonight. And I, we got to have you back because I feel like there's, I didn't even get to half my questions. I know. I have all, 
I have all these stories I want to share with you too. And it's like the time goes by so fast. Yeah. But you know, thank you so much for, for sharing everything that you did and for everybody out there, go to karenanderson.net. That's kind of like where you can get access to everything. Check out her app. She's her workshop coming up on the 12th. We're going to be anxiously looking forward um, to the book, hopefully in June. Yes. Um, and, and we'll definitely have you on for that. We'll definitely have you on when that comes out. Uh, if you'd like to come back and. Yes, um, I would love it. Thank you. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you. And, and um, wish, wish you a happy new year. Thank you very um, much. You too. Yeah. My, my next show next week will be on the flip side in 2021 with Ben Robison and and guys amazing investigator and researcher so definitely tune in next tuesday 8 p.m pacific on uh, let's talk radio and karen i always leave the show with a toast of the past is history the future is a mystery but today's a gift because it's the present don't forget to live in the now hug the ones you're with virtually hug everybody else you can and uh yeah virtual hug virtual hug Yes. And again, thank you, Karen. Happy New Year's to all the listeners. Thanks so much for all the questions and the interaction tonight. It was was awesome. So big thanks to all the listeners out there. And my name's Peter Bay. It's the Paranormal Pete Show. We'll see you next Tuesday. Happy New Year. And thanks again, Karen. Thanks, Pete. See ya.